I definitely had to become a lot more resilient. I learned not to kind of sweat the small stuff per se. Um, I think when you're younger, like little hiccups can seem like the end of the world. And it's, it's not until you have that responsibility that you realize, you know, mistakes are never really the end of the world. Like they might seem at the time. And I, over time, I've realized that I'm, I'm actually a really creative person and I was able to use my creativeness to solve those problems. And I think over time, I just started to see the, these like roadblocks, if you will, as sort of just fun, creative opportunities to improve our business. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Really, really amazing uh, podcast uh, I just had with Aaron Josephi. Aaron was a rookie of the year, sophomore of the year, all-time record holder out in Western Canada from 2012 to 2015. Uh, she started a business, co-founded uh, a business with her partner, Paul Balouk, who was on our uh, our podcast um, uh, a number of months ago. And uh, she is the general manager and real core full-time driver of the business. She was recognized by BC Business as the 30 under 30 winner. And we just had a fantastic conversation. Um, and one of the big focuses that we had is about her company, Hermit Goods, which is really a self-care company. And one of the things that we understand as leaders is there's this yin and yang of, of to accomplish what we want, we really have to give so much of ourselves. And in so doing, we can really not manage our self-care, not manage our energy levels and put a strain on relationships, et cetera. And it's, it's certainly something that comes up so often in my coaching and my coaching for, for myself. And so we had just a, a really powerful co uh, conversation about a whole bunch of things, but certainly about self-care. So you know what we're up to is finding other amazing leaders like Aaron. So if you know somebody who is uh, an amazing young leader looking for a great company, please send them my way, cthompson at studentworks.com. Send them this podcast, have them go to studentworks.com or studentworks.ca on the West Coast. Thanks so much. Have a super fantastic day. Aaron, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited we're finally able to do this. Me too, me too. And, and uh, you know, it's one of those things where you've just got so many things going on, like many of our successful alumni, and it does take many multiple attempts to, uh, to you know, arrange calendars. So this is nothing new. And I just, I just stay committed. I, I was committed that I wanted to do an interview with Aaron. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I heard so much about you and seen, you know, uh, you know, so much of your success. And so we'll we'll start back. Tell me about Aaron before Student Works. Oh, man, Aaron before Student Works. Yeah, I think looking back, like I've always been kind of similar 
I would say to how I am now. Um, I actually, I, I grew up in Quenelle. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's a small town about seven hours north of Vancouver. And I think growing up there obviously had a, a big part of who I turned out to be. I think, you know, there's something really special about small towns. Uh, Quenelle has a really great community behind it. I loved growing up there. I was a pretty happy kid, you know, busy like a teenager, busy with the usual things, sports, school, whatnot. One other thing I should probably mention was that a really big part of my story and my childhood experience uh, is that my parents were also small business owners. So they have uh, multiple small businesses, many of which are, are most of which are seasonal. Okay. Uh, so they have uh, we can we can get into it or not get into it, but I'll I'll try to keep it short. But uh, they have like a nursery business, so like a greenhouses where they sell plants and whatnot. They had a landscaping business, and they also have uh, a golf course. So all of those are very much like stacked in the seasonality. So it definitely wasn't lost on me later in life when I ended up running a student works painting business that was also seasonal. Um, yeah. So I think growing up, I got to see firsthand or first firsthand the pros and cons of running your own business, you know, growing up, like, I guess some of the pros would be, you know, we got to spend lots of time as a family together in the off season and go on family vacations and go skiing and, you know, a con, like we were discussing earlier before hopping on the call, is just seeing how busy my parents were. Uh, we have this thing in my family where it's it's called, it's we lovingly refer to it as nursery season. So uh, during that time, which is usually like April to June, it's kind of every Josephi for themselves, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> I think we definitely learned to be very independent growing up. And there might have been some early signs of me being an entrepreneur, but I think when you're young, you kind of want to do the opposite of what your parents are doing. It's almost like an act of defiance or trying to find your own way, I guess. So I actually vowed to myself when I was little that I would never own a seasonal business. So jokes on me. I actually growing up, <laughs> I always wanted to be a lawyer and... Yeah, that just didn't come to fruition. And I, I kind of ended up following in my parents' footsteps there. So yeah, I would say growing up, I I definitely learned firsthand how to be me and my brothers definitely were all very like hardworking. We had a uh we learned, you know, how to have a pretty good work ethic and uh be independent. So I would say sort of before the program maybe i was an entrepreneur and right in denial <laughs> <laughs> okay okay and then and then obviously went very well for you or you know rookie of the year sophomore of the year uh you know operator of the year held the all-time record you know uh before you left and and so you know any any stories that stand out about who you were or what you discovered in in the the experience of running a uh, student works operation for three summers. Yeah, I would say where to even start. Like you learn so much about yourself. I think student works comes in at a time in your life when it's funny because you have an idea of who you are, but you're, it's at this really pivotal moment of your life. And 
looking back, it really shaped who I ended up becoming. So I think just looking back on it, yeah, I learned so much. But one of my biggest takeaways was just really believing in myself and the knowing that you have sort of, I think it sounds cheesy, but sort of knowing that you can really do anything that you put your mind to, you know, like you go into the program, you have no idea how to paint. I honestly barely (laughs) still know how to paint, but, um, you know, and it's just, you can really do anything that, that you, if you, as long as you're determined to learn and you're open to seeing it as a new opportunity and kind of rolling with the punches that you can do it too. And yeah, I mean, going into the program, it's funny because I was going through all these interviews and meeting with these men who were like in suits and uh, had big gold watches and like pointy shoes. And one of those men actually, which he turned out to be my husband later in life. (laughs) Uh, But going into the program, I was just like, wow, I have nothing in common with these guys. You know, like they're all like tall, dark, handsome, uh, you know, in Corey's case, handsome and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I just didn't fit the mold, you know? So, and even when I was with clients and stuff, they would always be like, wow, this is incredible. You're doing this. And, uh, it just really taught me that as long as you're committed to something, you can see results. Yeah, we 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 agree. And uh, so you you leave Student Works and you join Redbrook. Which uh, so tell us about that experience. Tell us about why you joined, etc. Yeah. So so actually, so I did Student Works for three years, and in 2015, uh, my boyfriend at the time, Paul, who you spoke with, we were sort of feeling like you know what, this is time. It's I think it's time for us to learn something new. And just wanted to branch out, challenge ourselves. And also, to be completely honest, I was feeling really burnt out. Uh, I didn't think I had another year of running my own business in, in the program in me. And looking back, that's definitely something I would like, I would change. We can get into that later. But uh, yeah, we were just looking for something new. I was really tired and wanted to try our hand at something else. So we ended up going traveling for a bit. And in that time, we launched a small e-commerce business. And at that point in time, we only had one product. It was an all-natural mouthwash, which was like a teeth whitening kit. And um, it seemed super random. Long story short, it was this product I had tried to order myself from the UK took forever to get here, had to pay way too much in customs. And I was seeing other people in Canada having the same issues. So I thought, you know what, let's bring this to Canada. And it was totally random. We just, yeah. And kind of, we just ran with it. So we folded out a thousand boxes of these things and then just left them with Paul's brother and went traveling to New Zealand and Australia. So that was the thing. That was the first thing I did after student works. And that now has grown into our business today that I'm still running to today, which is Hermit Goods. So uh, once we came back from traveling, we started to really... Why don't we do this? Because um, I really do like 
I do like to pause on what you where what you where you were going to go. And what we were talking about before is is there's just four leaders, and again, that's who listens to this podcast is leaders. So they're compelled. There's a compulsion about us to go and what drives us. You know, again, I I could I could go and share all sorts of things that drive me and why and stuff, but different things drive us. And then we need to look at self-care. And so, so tell us, tell, tell us more about what you discovered, you know, sort of maybe driving yourself too far or maybe, or maybe, maybe how you were looking at it or what you see now, because, because for everyone, Aaron's business is really about self-care is really what Hermit Goods is about, which is so fantastic. Yeah, I, it's definitely, it's a coincidence that's definitely not lost on me. You know, I coming from student works and I was just so burnt out. And I, I think those driving factors when you're, when you're a business owner and when we're talking about what drives you, a lot of times business owners, I think sort of get the blinders on and they think, oh, like everything that drives me is for my business. And you sort of sort of start to lose yourself within your business. And I think that's really common. And but I think it's really important for you to have a life outside of your business. And at the time, I didn't have that. <laughs> I was definitely like my only motivation, all my drive was all being funneled into my business. And when it came to a point where it's just not sustainable anymore, I had to take a step back and say, okay, like what do I actually enjoy doing outside of my business. And for me, that's, I'm a very social person, but I've kind of come to realize over time that I'm also a little bit of an introvert and maybe it's something that's coming like the older I get, but you know, life is really busy and we all have these, whether it's like family events or another birthday party or dinner, drinks with friends, and on top of that, running a business. And if you have a family, like it's just nonstop. And for me, what I've kind of come to realize was that it's in those moments when I'm by myself that I really have time to sort of rest and recharge and get up, you know, kind of to spend time alone and and without those moments, I get really burnt out. So it's it was that realization of, of realizing like, look, these are just small little rituals or routines that I've been doing for myself over the years while I'm alone that really help to recharge me so I can get up and do it all over again tomorrow. And that's kind of was like the premise of the business and where Hermit, the name comes from. It's like just of all about taking a little bit of a pause like self-reflecting, you know, it's not about saying, oh, be like a recluse and only hang out with yourself. It's, it's just trying to help people put themselves first, you know, and it, and doesn't have to be an hour. It's just like, just finding small ways to, to incorporate that into your day to day. So, so Aaron, what coaching would you have for Aaron, you know, in, you know, the summer of, you know, 2015 or 2014, what, what, what would, what would you be coaching her on knowing now what you know? Mm, that's such a good question. 
you know what? I think I would just tell her, like, it's okay to relax. You know, it's okay to have fun. And I think student work does this really good job of like incorporating this like work hard, play hard culture, which I really loved. And it's something that I still take, still have with me today. You know, like we work hard, Paul and I, but then we love to travel and we love to, you know, we're always outside and hiking or mountain biking or snowboarding and doing these things. And I think since running our businesses, that's something that we've kind of learned along the way is definitely to prioritize those things. Whereas in 2015, I did not understand that, you know, like I, and maybe it's because you're learning so many things that maybe you don't have the capacity to like look outside of, of what you're trying to achieve. Um, but I, I wish, you know, I missed out on a lot of like important memories with my friends and things like that. And I don't regret that one bit. And if I had to do it again, I probably would, would still make the choices I did. But I think just learning to give yourself a little bit of leeway and a little bit of grace uh, would do a lot of entrepreneurs good. And, and at the time in 2015, that's what I could have really used. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and again, it's, it's, you know, to me, it's some of it is, is what makes you, you is the person who works so hard to achieve the things you achieved. Right. And then also it's like, oh, sometimes it's really hard being Aaron. And so I need to give myself more time. And I'm sure Paul's good at that, you know, helping you, you know, calm, just knowing, you know, just having my sense of Paul, such a great guy. And he was on the podcast, everyone. So Paul Baluk. So it's, it's, you know, finding that space, right. It doesn't necessarily take a whole lot more space, but finding that space. And another thing, when you're talking about, oh, and friends and events and this and that is, is really checking in. Do I really want to go here? And not, you know, is it, is it okay? And maybe I need to say no. And, and it's okay to say no and call the person and say, hey, I'm just, you know, hey, at my limit, love you. I can't make it. I'll, you know, looking forward to seeing you. You know, maybe we'll do something else. And, and just honest and, and, and truthful and, uh, and really, again, learning to set boundaries and, and, and just checking in. And not surprisingly for a guy who, fell asleep on the stairs sometimes because I used to work so hard and train so hard, you know, learning these things takes a while. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. So you, you get started with this one product with, uh, with Kismet was it originally what it was called. Right. And, and then what's next? Yeah. So once we launched that one product, we went traveling, we came back. Uh, I, the issue with that product was that it required a lot of consumer education around it. And so I was thinking, okay, what are some more simple rituals that I like to do myself already that other people are already doing that we don't need to teach them how to use this. So with that came like the bath salts and face mist, body oils, different face tools. And we slowly just started rolling out these new products that I was already using myself at home. And it was really interesting. We kept getting a lot of like inquiries from small shops and stores and studios and uh, asking if they could carry our product. And we had, I had no idea at the time. I had no concept of what wholesaling was or, you know, what it looked like to work with a retailer to sell your products to somebody else. 
so we kind of had to scramble and figure that out. And once we did, we just ended up seeing a lot of success with it and it just kind of snowballed and it just really took off. And now that's become like the primary revenue driver in our business is working wholesale. Yes, okay. Wholesale. Okay. So, and not, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's something that we've put a lot of effort into and growing our wholesale program and it's definitely paid off. So we're now sold across North America and like, I'd have to, horrible of numbers, but I think it's somewhere around over 350 stores or something. And we've landed some really great partnerships over the years and, uh, yeah, had the opportunity to work with some pretty cool stores like, uh, anthropology made well, we're in whole foods, the Bay, awesome. you know, places yeah. like that. So really, really fantastic brands, really fantastic, uh, uh, retailers, right? So, uh, and and so everyone knows hermitgoods.ca, you know, going there and seeing a number, or, or is that all your products that you sell or a number or there more? Yes, that's that's the offering that we have right now is that hermitgoods.ca, yeah. Fantastic. And so, you, you know, uh, a, a lot of our leaders are listening. I, I know there's a lot of people trying to get online businesses started, trying to sell products online. Any lessons for them? Oh, here's here's some things to be thinking about. You know, let's let's break it down into kind of the online productizing part of what you've created, Erin. Yeah, specific to online, I would think, I would say, you know what, honestly, I think there's like a really big division right now between people who have a lot of great ideas and people who actually act on them. So the first thing I would say to somebody is if you have a good idea, you can't get it out of your head, you know, you're falling asleep every night, you're thinking about it, just do it or take a few steps to see how it goes. Obviously do some basic research first <laughs> and maybe make sure that it's a viable product. But that's something that I still work on to this day. You know, I have lots of great ideas and I want to put all sorts of new things out into the world. but it's actually taking action that gets you there. And so that's the first thing I would say to somebody who's looking to jump into the online space would be, if you have an idea, act on it, execute, you know, there's no, it, there's one thing I wish I would have done sooner was just, I, I lean into that like perfectionism side of things. So I tend to, work really hard on one, like these small details that in the end, to be honest, don't drive my business forward. And so it's, it's for me is really taking a step back and looking at it and saying, okay, what are the steps that I need to do to really move the needle here? And in terms of online, I think right now, like the online space encompasses everything. Like you know, so it's like, where do you start? But I would just say to someone looking to get into that, to just take action and don't be afraid to fail fast and just try new things. And, and if it doesn't work out, try something else. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think, I think you're right. Like, you know, one of the biggest themes that I see more and more uh, and getting more and more clear about it's, it's action. The world doesn't care what you want. Doesn't care what you care about. Doesn't care about your feelings. Now I do, if you're my friend <laughs> and, but that the world doesn't, but what it bends to is action, more action, more action. And then, like you said, oh, the market didn't like that. Try something else. 
you know, you know, change, 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 try it again, try it again, you know, and, uh, you know, not huge uh, bets, small bets, small bets, small bets is, is, as I imagine as well, a big strategy around this space. Definitely. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. And I would probably not recommend to someone to leave your full-time job and go all in on something right now. I think that's really the beauty of the space right now in the online space is it is something you can kind of do in your spare time and just test things out and try things out and see how they stick before going all in. Yeah. And, and, and obviously one of the reasons why you had a full-time job, you know, you came back and you were working for a year, I imagine was it wasn't full-time yet. Is that, is that why you had a full-time job? Yeah. So the, I, if, if you're referring to when you were with, uh, with Red Brick, Red, yes, with, Red with Red Brick. <laughs> yeah. So if you're referring to that time with Red Brick, so that actually wasn't until later in my career after I had already launched Kismet. So if you're looking at the timeline, I did student works painting for three years, launched Kismet, went traveling, ran with that. I think I was running with it for like two or three years or something at least before before I I joined. Red Brick. And with Red Brick, that was with uh, Marco Pimentel, who actually you've is also on our, up. yes, another yeah. student works a lot. Yes. Yeah. So that was a, a short little stint. It was never, it was kind of an opportunity that fell into my lap. And Red Brick was looking to get into the e commerce space a little bit and just try something new. And it, they were launching an online betting company and just needed someone to help. Uh, be the general manager for that. So Marco actually approached me and he asked, are you interested in this opportunity? And yeah, it was just too good of an opportunity. I I couldn't turn it down. So I was actually working already running my business with as Hermit, with Kismet at the time, but you know, Hermit. And um, so I was already doing Hermit and then I joined on at Red Brick to run Bedface Um, I think I was there for maybe about a year and eventually what came of that was Redbrook just decided, you know what, like we actually, this isn't our strength. We don't want to be in the e-commerce business. We want to focus, they wanted to focus on the other aspects of their business. So I'm not with Redbrook anymore. And that was, I, but I learned so much and it was a really good experience. Um, but I would say like looking back on that. If if someone was in that position where they were already had a full time job and wanted to launch something, then that's absolutely the way I would do it. Is kind of yeah, start your own thing on the side. Yeah, yeah. And one of the nice things as well, because of your financial success, you actually I'm sure had banked a bunch of money. So it was like okay, hey, I can start this. I'm not worried about making rent. I've got got you know capital, and I'm able to to do this. And that's a big part about why people talk about keep your full time job is make sure you can eat. Um, which we all believe in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I was really lucky to be in that unique position coming out of student works and having done really well financially, having money saved and being able to travel and launch a business at the same time. I know it's not an opportunity that many people get to have. So I'm really grateful for that. But yeah, for sure. So um, the other big aspect is 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 partnering. So what have you learned and and, you know, about creating relationships with retailers and, 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 and partnering what's, what's been maybe the two or three things that have made, you know, all the difference. 
Yeah. Partnering with retailers. Uh, there's a few things. And I think a lot of that actually goes back to my student works days where you're with student works and with Hermit, we're working with so many different people and so many different personalities and so many different ways of doing things. And I think my time with student works was just really able to, it taught me, you know, how to mirror some of those personalities, how to really see what matters to your customer, what, what, what keeps them up at night, what, what's important to them, what do they truly care about and being able to sell a job or a product in that way that so so it matches that criteria and checks all those boxes for them and solves the problem for them. So I think that's been a really big tool and just having the experience working with so many different types of people has really transferred to how we work with our retailers and how I've been able to train my sales team to manage so many different types of relationships. So I would say that's the big one is just, you know, really figuring out what matters to each retailer because it's it's something different for everybody and and really playing into that and making sure that your product solves those problems for them, essentially. Okay. Okay. Great. So listening two years, one month, something that we talk a lot about at student works, right? Hey leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the student works management program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. You know, I know one of the things during the, the past about talking to arranging was, was doing the rebrand from Kismet to Hermit. So what, what was that about? What, what, what had you thinking about that and making that transformation? Yeah. So when we started Kismet, that was with Paul and Paul and myself and uh, it was one of those things where looking back on it, I have such fond memories of, you know, starting a business. And it was just that like blind, we were naive. We're just like, yeah, let's just choose this name out of this hat. We liked the way it looked. Um, you're looking for like, is the domain name free? Things like that. And it was, Paul and I have very different <laughs> We have very different views and opinions and yes, we're business partners and we're married to each other, but it was really hard for us to decide on a name that we both liked. So the Kismet checked a lot of those boxes, but then moving forward, I was, I had a lot of regret not choosing a name that was, that better communicated our brand story and our brand purpose to our customers and to our community. And, you know, I looked at, 
at other businesses that did have that. And I was just like, oh, I wish we would have put some more thought into what we what we named our our business. And honestly, I just like I couldn't let it go. I wanted a name that better reflected what we were all about and the problems that we were trying to solve for people and better communicated that. So I started, you know, brainstorming and here we are. We are now hermits. Awesome. Well, well, I certainly love it. And I think there's, it's, it's so important to get your story down, but it's not, oh, so my story that I tell people, no, your story, like, what's this about, you know, for student works, it's about changing the lives of student leaders. You know, for, for me, that's what this is about. You know, we're, my, my big goal is to create a thousand millionaires you know, and doing what I do. And so, so it's always been about that or for decades now. And it's, and it's that, and it's that, and it's that. And so when, for you, I hear it's just hermit. So it's like self-care, right. And, and self-care and, and doubling down on, on that and taking time, you know, maybe saying no to going out on a weeknight, you know, and sometimes saying yes, but, you know, just checking in, right. Being a hermit when necessary. Right. And, and, and again, it's, it's, like, you know, one of the great things about the space that you're operating is, is you're operating, I, again, all stuff I'm making up, you tell me if you're wrong, but if I'm wrong, but it's like, this really works towards a lot of people who do struggle with the same thing. I'm working really hard. I have all these goals. I want to achieve this or that for my family or my community. And then I can see at times I'm burning myself out, right? So it really, again, sits in this, this space that you and I both sit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's just, it's an, it's a thing that you, or at least for myself that I have to be really careful about. And it's kind of ironic. It's like, I continue to burn myself out running a self-care brand, (laughs) you know? Um, But it, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Life is busy and it's something that you definitely need to be aware of. And if you don't look after yourself, then everything falls apart. Yeah. Well, just to share, uh, one of my, I was in a men's group. I'm, I'm now in another men's group. So I'm, I'm in all sorts of groups and, uh, and, and uh, self-help groups. So, uh, and I run a self-help company. So, uh, but, but I remember one, one, one guy and he was so angry. He goes the same, he was in his sixties, the same things that were bothering me, you know, and in my twenties, they're still the same things. And that's true. And, and, and now I'm, you know, 59 and I'm, and, and it's, the same things. So it's, it's like, you know, and we've been going more aware, grow, develop, you know, set up more and more structures for us so that maybe we're not burning ourselves quite as often. (laughs) So, so running a a self-care company (laughs) is, is my thought. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so, so, so what about, what did you need to change as you move from being a university student to being a full-time value creator, Aaron, it change about yourself. Oh, you know what? I, I think the main thing was, you know, moving from being a student to owning my own business and changing about myself was, I definitely had to become a lot more resilient. I learned not to kind of sweat the small stuff per se. Um, I think when you're younger, like little hiccups can seem like the end of the world. And it's, it's not until you have that responsibility that you realize like, look, look, these things actually 
aren't the end of the world. And, you know, when I was running my business, my friends would, I just couldn't relate to my friends. Like their problems suddenly seemed so minuscule and unimportant. And I don't want to, I don't want to, to come across as that's not, that's not the reality. They were important to them. And, but I think once, once you have that added responsibility, I really learned like, you know what, these little things aren't, aren't the end of the world. They don't need to ruin your day. You don't need to be on the verge of a panic attack because this one thing went wrong and, you know, mistakes are never really the end of the world. Like they might seem at the time. And I, over time, I've realized that I'm, I'm actually a really creative person and I was able to use my creative to solve the problems that were coming up, my creativeness to solve those problems. And I think over time, I just started to see the these like roadblocks, if you will, as sort of just fun, creative opportunities to improve our business. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. I love, I love that. I love that perspective. And so what, what key habits would a, would a leader listening here want to steal from you, Aaron? Key habits. Uh, you know what? I'm not, I, I guess this doesn't really, I think, I think like we've, we've touched on the self-care aspect side of things a, a lot already. So I won't dive into that too much, but I think, yes, like looking after yourself and it's the number one thing and having those good habits that are able to put your, your head in the right space so that you can achieve and execute and actually accomplish the things that you need and want to do to feel fulfilled is really important. So whatever that looks like for you, I would say, you know, and not only just good habits, but really looking at like, what are your bad habits? And this is something that's come up really recently for me where I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. I am engaging in this behavior and it's not serving me or it's not helping me. And, uh, okay, what, like noticing it and then deciding, okay, what can we do to change this so that you can put your energy and your time, time being the big one into things that are actually good for you. And I think that's the thing that that's going to be a common, it already is a huge issue, right? With social media and TikTok and Instagram. And I feel like people, myself included, I'm, I, I can be really bad at this is, you know, like zoning out, you're tired, you're exhausted, you come home, you're staring at your phone and it's just sort of robbing you of your focus. And, and that's something I'm, I'm starting to get really interested in and looking at and, and not only saying, okay, these are the good habits, but like, what are my bad habits and getting really granular there and just being really honest and open with yourself about what you need to change. I love that. I love that. And just, and again, I love being honest and open about what we need to change. And then again, what we need to change, because we need to change it. We want to change it, right? We're seeing that what is the impact of me and my social media habit or my TV habit or whatever it is. And am I really enjoying that? And, you know, and again, maybe this amount of time is okay. And, and when it's over this amount of time, it's not okay. But in it's everyone making that personal decision, but because otherwise, unfortunately, the engineers, uh, one of the, one of the men's group I was in actually, he was the head, uh, 
monetization at Google really early on. So monstrously successful guy. And he, he basically is saying, look, when we created Google, the algorithms, we didn't mean, I, I'll tell you, he goes, I, you know, I didn't mean to do what it, what it's doing. Meaning it's, and I now, he says, I have a hard time uh, turning off my phone. And, and when I come in with my kids and my wife, you know, I, it's like, I'm struggling to leave my phone at the front door and, and go in. So, so it's, it's into our, you know, souls as it were. Right. And so it's like, how do we manage this? And I know, you know, for me, I, I struggle with it. It's certainly a, a weak habit of mine. Um, and, uh, and, and, and again, setting up rules that work for us. So, uh, so yeah, it's really great. Yeah. Honestly, like, yeah, just to be totally like open and honest or vulnerable, if you will, with you, like 2021 was a really hard year for me. And I think a lot of that came down to like where I was putting my time and my attention. And, you know, I got, I, I'm, I have this like really interesting cocktail where it's like a, a personality cocktail and where I, I'm a, I'm a a bit of an overachiever. So my to-do lists are huge. Like they are so long. Then I get overwhelmed with the amount of things that I need to do so much so that I feel like frozen. It's like, where do you start? (laughs) What do I do first? And then I, at the end of the day, I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't check all the things off, you know? And I think that's, people are starting to um yeah it's it's i had a really hard time in 2021 focusing and deciding you know deciding where to put my attention and i think that's a really big problem right now for a lot of young young people too absolutely well thank you so much for your for your vulnerability and authenticity and i can see how that that like you said cocktail doesn't work and we all have things that when I do this and then that happens or this happens, especially it'll happen in relationships. So you're married. I'm sure there are things that happen when Paul says this or Aaron, you know, this, this happens, you know, happens in our relationship with my, my wife and we run our business together. She's the CEO. I'm the head coach. And uh, now 35 plus years. Um, and, uh, uh, and at times very challenging and we'll see each other. Oh, here, this is happening again. Let's, you know, let's, calm down and, you know, get ourselves back centered because there's things that, that, that light, light the fuse or whatever, get ourselves off track. So it's like, okay, hold on. I, you know, and, uh, you know, for your cocktail, you know, one of the things that I, I really talk about quite often, Aaron, and I have a real practice around self-acknowledgement. So every night I go to sleep, what three things can I be acknowledge myself for three wins that I did. And then what three things or more can I feel grateful about? So just always kind of building that base so that my overachiever doesn't, doesn't grind my, 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 you know, really, you know, my, uh, the, the, the things that I've accomplished. Cause, and again, you're just not a, a small overachiever. You're a major overachiever, <laughs> what you've accomplished so, so far in such a young age. So. Oh, well, thank you. I think sometimes it's really easy it's just so easy to be so hard on yourself, you know? And I think a lot of my self-worth is wrapped up in what I've accomplished in a day. So when I don't get all of the things done that I wanted to, I, I definitely let it get to me. And that's something that I'm trying to improve and work on. 
it's great. And it's great. And then it's like, okay, I'm just going to keep working on it. So that's, you know, we're always a work in progress. So, uh, so just so fantastic. I, again, I just, I, I love our conversation and, and our last question. And, and again, thanks for your vulnerability, your authenticity and sharing and uh, make a difference in the young leaders looking to go out and crush it in the world like you have. So when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? You know, and honestly, I, I think the world is like in this really interesting place right now. It's like everything, everyone's so, or at least it feels this way. And I don't know if this is again because of social media and the news and whatnot, but it feels like opinion, everyone has an opinion and it's, everything's really polarizing. And I would just, when I think of a leader of tomorrow, I think of somebody who's sort of just changing the world for and making it a better place and sort of somebody who has the ability to bring people together. I mean, I, maybe that sounds cheesy, but I just think, you know, a leader is someone who inspires others to also become better themselves, you know, and I would love to see people who are, who are moving into the business space or becoming leaders and are using that, that, uh, ability as an opportunity to really improve the way, the direction that the world is going. Anyways. I love it. I love it. I aspire to be that person, you know, aspire to again, bring people in who, again, who are looking to do that, right? It's not about making money or selling lots of products. It's about what are you doing it for? Right. And I, I'm, I'm really inspired by why are you doing Hermit? Right. Like that's what inspires me. And, and again, you know, people love to be inspired by, by the the products or the services they work with you know that's why they they you know they're really excited about some products you know and sometimes it's just a, oh i'll buy this because i need it where i'm buying it because oh i love it it makes me feel good when i'm using this so i'm sure a lot of your customers feel that way and uh you know um thanks again for 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 just a fantastic podcast uh, continued success and please let me know if i can ever be of any service Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. And honestly, I just want to say thank you for all that you're doing. You know, Student Works changed my life and I'm will be forever grateful for everything that I learned and took with me after I left. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. You have a fantastic day. Again, uh, thanks, Aaron. Cheers. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.